All right, I guess we're recording. I guess we didn't get a countdown like the last time. Wonder what's up. I see the numbers. What's going on? See, this is what happens when you have two old farts. Especially when one don't have any idea what the hell we're doing. Uh, That would probably which one would that be? You or me? (laughs) I don't know. I'm gonna run in a close second. Well, anyway, my name's Chuck. I'm the better looking of the old two old farts. And you're also the patriarch, the father and grandfather, grandfather and yes. great grandfather. And I am. So I'm the son, a father, father and a grandfather. And so that makes you a that great makes grandfather. You get old. I forgot about that one. Um, I think that's why we're called the two old farts, Dad. <laughs> All right. Um, so I figured after our inaugural, is that how you pronounce it, episode that we would, uh, like, introduce ourselves, if you will, other than just, you know, I'm Chuck and you're Lou and we're the two old farts out and about. But, like, who are you? Tell, tell hey, by the way, we had, I think, 19 people listening to the podcast since it came out. I think so, too. 18, 18, 19 people. So, hey, congratulations. Thank you to you lucky 19 people. Keep listening, and we'll make this thing even better and more fun. That is correct. So, uh, so now, back to you, Dad. Who are you? I'm just some old country boy from a little place called Seal, Alabama. As we used to say when I was first in the military, Ain't no town, ain't no city, just a little place called Diddy Wad Diddy. <laughs> but, but, but I think you need to go back a little bit more because well, you weren't like born in Alabama, were you? My father was stationed there during uh, World War II, and I'm not sure how he and my mom met. I don't know if they met in Jackson or if they met in Warrior, Birmingham. I probably Birmingham in that area. But uh, I was born there in 1944, uh, the, towards the end of World War II. Then after that, they moved back to Phoenix City and lived in Phoenix City for a while. Then uh, they moved into the area of Seal. At that time, Seal was a pretty prosperous little town. Uh, at one time, it was the county seat of Russell County. Then uh, that's a as the population grew and politics got involved in it, the county seat was moved to uh, Phoenix City. And Seal was just still a prosperous little town at that, at that particular time, probably about uh, 10,000, maybe 12,000, something like that. So, and, and that's where I grew up. We, we farmed, grew up on a farm, uh, went to a little small school there. Was, uh, at that time, the elementary school and the high school was all in one building. Uh, when I graduated, uh, they changed from Seal High School to Shavala High School. In uh, my graduating class, there was 12 of us. And that had, was the largest graduating class uh, in recent years. So that's kind of a little bit about me. I, we lived on a farm and uh, grew up and went to college, uh, Troy State. Uh, for one semester, 
you, you know, you're not sure how well you are and you know what you're going to do uh, what it, till you leave home. Because uh, in my home, we're pretty structured. You did what mom and dad told you to do, and it was yes, sir, no, sir, uh, and those kind of things. Very, very polite. Uh, but I got to college. There's nobody there to tell me what to do. You're just kind of on your own. And next thing you know, you start wondering. And I guess the thing that probably changed my mind most of anything was I was in an art class. And this teacher said, I want you to draw me a potato. And she holds up a rock. And I said, no, that's a potato. She said, no, use your mind. It's a potato. I said, no, it's a rock. So that's pretty much how we got from college into the Air Force. Uh, it just wasn't for me. And, uh, you know, there's you know, not, not much structure. You're on your own. You do what you want to do when you get ready. And I think a lot of young adults face that today. Uh, and, but I think parents probably give a little bit more guidance today, probably what we did back when I was growing up and mom and dad having to work and, and your farm and just to make a living. So I ended up joining the Air Force because I knew if I went back home, I was going to get killed. Because my dad borrowed the money for me to go to college on. <laughs> and uh, that just wasn't something he was going to do. So I ended up joining the Air Force and uh, ended up staying 20 years and uh, uh, got married and had a wonderful family. And, uh, and in my opinion, I've been fairly successful, and I've measured success on, on two venues or two avenues. One for me personally, compared to uh, what my mom and dad had, how they grew, and, and what they had. Then, second, more importantly, is how my children are doing afterwards and their successes that they're having in life. So, based off of that, I know I'm, I've been a very successful person, uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of what we do what we've done and i guess going back to seal i met your mom at a little place called seal snack bar it was owned by mr diggs mr diggs was also a retired uh sergeant major in the army and uh a real close friend of the family and uh i happened to be at the snack bar being close friends when there's only 300 people in the whole town you kind of know everybody and those kind of things and she walked in. I said, "Who is that good-looking blonde?" Because I'm behind the counter. I'm behind the counter making a chili dog. Now, in case some of you folks don't know what a chili dog is, back in Alabama, it's a hot dog with chili on it, coleslaw and onions and all that kind of stuff. And with crackers, with a little bit of round crackers around it. So I've had a chili dog. That's how how I met your mom. Uh, yeah, here it is, 56 years later, and she's still putting up with me. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, we. That's it. It's a pretty good deal. I've been blessed. Uh, so anyway, we uh, joined the Air Force, went to basic training. And as a matter of fact, doing basic training was kind of doing the Cuban Missile Crisis deal with uh, President Kennedy. Went to uh, after basic training, we were on alert doing basic training. I had no idea what the hell we were talking about. So got stationed in Omaha, Nebraska. Boy, you're talking about two diverse countries being from seal alabama pretty warm and those kind of things going to omaha nebraska but the thing i liked about omaha it was country 
they had farms around and people just good country folks. So we spent three years at Omaha, Nebraska. And while I was there, uh, got involved with some things and uh, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis and of course Kennedy was killed and was on alert. And I think probably the best thing happened to me is uh, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I had a teacher, Mrs. Nurse. She made me take typing. And I was the only boy in that group of her typing class with all those girls. But you know what? It got me off that cold flight line in 1963. Uh, because one day, uh, the flight sergeant said, I need somebody can type. Of course, that hand goes up. And uh, that's kind of how it got started and, and things like that. And uh, that's Towards my third year, I was getting ready to think about getting out of service. And that's when your mom and I got engaged. And on my way back, got involved in a car accident. Almost uh, wiped me out and, uh, in Arkansas. So I spent uh, two weeks in the hospital. Then I got back to the at Offit. And uh, they let me out on a Friday afternoon. On Monday morning, I'm in the first sergeant's office. And he's going to court-martial me. Back then, you didn't damage government property, and that, that's what the first sergeant said, son. We're going to court-martial you. We're going to give you an Article 15. And I'm seeing writing on this piece of paper. And I said, what's that, first sergeant? He said, uh, son, you just got saved. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're going to Vietnam. Bringing life here. Straight up uh, personnel. That was on a Monday. On Wednesday, I was back home in Alabama. And, of course, uh, your mom and I had already planned to get married in the following June. So that was on Wednesday. We decided to get married on Sunday. Uh, so we got married at the Baptist Church. And that was an ordeal because my mom's Southern Baptist. And we're Baptists. And your, your grandma and grandpa there were Catholics. So we got married. And lo and behold, while I was in Vietnam, guess what happened? You came along. You came along. I was born. I'll never forget that night. I'm out walking to, out of perimeter with my dog, Wolf, because I work military working dogs over there. They brought me in, and and you'll remember this. You'll get a kick out of it. Some of the old farts will, too. We had uh, the, uh, I forgot what you call it now, but we had uh, Mars, uh, military air uh, radio station. So when you, they called and let me know, your mom was talking to me, she would say, well, I just had uh, Chuck, and she'd say, over. Then I could talk. And then when I got through talking, I'd say, over, and then we could talk. Of course, there's somebody listened to that conversation, and that's how I found about uh, about you uh, being born in, in Vietnam. And then, of course, after that, we left and got stationed at Maxwell. That Maxwell was a, it was a great assignment for us. It was uh, six years there and what i liked about it most was 90 miles east was my home with my mom and dad my family then 90 miles south was where your grandfather and grandmother and her family your mom's family all was because my father-in-law was still in the army at that time stationed down at fort rucker and then so we could go see each other and see all the families uh whenever we got ready and things like that and the other interesting note about my tour in vietnam my brother-in-law, Bobby, my, your mom's uh, oldest brother, and my father-in-law was uh, in Vietnam at the same time, Army, Air Force, and Navy. And uh, 
just so happened that <clears throat> with my father-in-law, they had a, a airplane uh, that was stationed there at Pleiku where I was at. And uh, funny, funny story from that. One night I'm walking the outer perimeter with my dog Wolf, and this uh, deuce and half come rolling up. And I walk up to check out the ID and stuff like that. And lo and behold, John Rogers. John Rogers was a guy from uh, Seal who was stationed in the, with uh, your grandfather. And uh, we talked for a few minutes, and uh, he said, Lewis, that's what they called me back then. He said, don't you need to go down the road down a little ways and go check out some stuff? And I said, yes, sir. So they went on. And on the way out, I looked in the back of that. Deuce and after they had a generator. So that's the way things were done back then. And uh, so I used to go down and see my father-in-law uh, and visit with him. And I think that was probably good for him as it, as it was for me. Uh, had, some good, had some good times. Uh, but at Maxwell, one of the, the things that sticks out most to me was uh, being in Alabama and Alabama football. You know, you're either over Alabama. We're, we're big Alabama fans. Uh, in 1971, I don't know why Nixon was in Birmingham, but he was. And at the same time that Alabama and Auburn were playing in the Iron Bowl. And uh, so I got selected to go up to provide security for Nixon. And, of course, Shook Jordan and uh, Barry Bright was there and, and to greet him and all those kind of things. And you look up and uh, you see all the media is around Bear Bryant and Shug Jordan and kind of Nixon off to the side a little bit because they're, they're talking about the Alabama football game. And the conversation I remember most about that was uh, Bear Bryant was talking about uh, Auburn. Of course, they had Pat Sullivan, who's uh, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner that year and all those kind of things. He said, I just don't know what we're going to do to them boys. They got Pat Sullivan, a quarterback. They got this guy there, they're just going to be just, just pull mouthing him. And guess what? It was 31-7 Alabama over Auburn. So that was kind of a neat experience there. Then from there, uh, we went to Yokota. I think you were about four years old when we went to Yokota in Japan. And, uh, and your sister was two. And uh, we missed what, turn? No, 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 no. It was 72, six, so I was two. six. And yeah. yeah. And we, she was two. We met what turned out to be our, our best friends for life, uh, Connie and Shirley. And, uh, and unfortunately, we just lost Shirley a couple of years ago, then Connie just a few weeks ago. But I uh, had some great times there. And then one of the highlights there at Yokota was uh, Nixon on his visit to China in 72, I think it was, uh, guarded his airplane. But the biggest thing, probably one of the most memorable things of my career was Operation Baby Lift. Uh, when they were uh, airlifting the refugees out of Vietnam, and especially the, uh, the, uh, the children out of there. I, I think it's something like... Uh, Couple of thousand airlifted things like that. So then uh, we came to to Georgia and Lachlan and as an instructor here at the uh, Security Police Academy, and just some good things. And when we retired, they gave you and I the time that we finally got a chance to catch up and do some of the things that we wanted to do. That was 
was fine. So that's that's a long history uh, about me. So, so you came back in '76, and you spent a couple of years in uh, in Georgia at Warner Robins, and then you got yeah. orders to come to yeah. Blackland here in San Antonio. Uh, and the biggest reason for that move is at that time, your mom's family was all in California, and we thought, well, if we got an assignment here, we'd put us about halfway in between both families and things like that. And uh, as it turned out, most of her family ended up moving back to Texas anyway. And then, uh, in, my, in your senior year, uh, you got orders to go to Turkey, and it was going to be... 24 years, 24 months unaccompanied or 18 months accompanied. And that's just not something we want to do. You leave it in your senior year. And I remember your mom talking about. It was my junior year. No, it would have been my senior year. And, you're uh, right. You're right. And it would I remember been my your mom year. talking about her moving three times her senior year and, and those kind of things. So that's what we made a decision to uh, retire and stay San Antonio. We love San Antonio. So. Beautiful city. And the rest is history. So that's so that's what brought you here. What brought me here as well. So me, you've already heard part of the story. I was born in California while my dad was in Vietnam. My dad was born in Mississippi while his dad was in World War II. So moved to Alabama, grew up. You can answer that phone, Dad, or hang it up. Because it's like you don't hear it. And for those who don't know, my dad is deaf. Not just like in theory or ha ha ha. No, he's like deaf as a post. And he's got hearing aids. And he's really deaf out of one ear and can barely hear out of the other. So anyway. So we moved here in 79. So that's why I claim Texas as home because this is where I, quote, grew up. I went to high school here at John Marshall High School after you had retired from Lackland because I was going to school on Lackland at Lackland High School. Uh, took a few years off from high school to bum around and just be a bum and be aimless and not go anywhere, have much ambition. And my truck got stolen. And, and I already owed you the money for the price of the truck that you had loaned me to get. And I believe the direct quote was, just get a ride with your hoodlum friends or ride. There you go. Or take and the how did you bus. come about that truck? Uh, I bought it from my Uncle Leonard with <laughs> the money you that you loaned back. me. I did. However, so like I said, I owed you that money because I hadn't finished paying it off. And then like ask you for more money. It's like, you know what? Chuck's got to get his crap together. So this was January 1986. And I was working at a place that doesn't exist anymore in a, in a mall that doesn't exist. I was working at Montgomery Ward in, uh, what was it, that Westlake's right. Mercado? West kind of a, uh -huh. was, was that the mall? And there was there was some recruiters there, and I was working at Montgomery Wards. I walked down the, went straight to the army. I don't know why, probably because I wanted to be different from you, because you were in the Air Force, and I knew if I joined the Air Force, I'd be going right back down the street to where we just left and doing basic training there. 
like I said, I needed a, a, a clean break, get out of town. Left in March. It was so, so nice and warm because, you know, everybody knows what the weather's like here in San Antonio in the springtime. Wasn't like that when I got to Fort Dix for basic training. No. And as a matter of fact, it snowed in April when we went out to the rifle range to qualify with our weapons. So did basic training, then did my AIT, which you guys in the Air Force call tech school at Georgia, came home for a couple of weeks, went to Germany, spent almost four years in Germany, got married, had a daughter, Kaylee, happy birthday. Her birthday was just two days ago. Uh, came back from Fort Gordon, or came back to Fort Gordon to be stationed. Had another daughter, Erica. Then went back to Germany. Unfortunately, things between myself and then their mother didn't work out. So we separated and got divorced. Uh, ended up after that marrying like my high school sweetheart, kind of, you know, because we, we dated off and on. My, my wife, Brenda, we've been married now. Holy crap, 27 years? Yeah, I think, I think 27. Oh, I think it's 27. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think she's listened to the first episode. So anyway, so, so it was Germany, Georgia, Germany, came back from Germany with my, with my new wife, Brenda, and we went to Kansas. Spent a couple of years in Kansas. I put in my paperwork to apply to be a warrant officer. I got selected to be a warrant officer. Went back to Fort Gordon for training and then got stationed at Fort Hood. At Fort Hood, that's when 9-11 happened. Shortly after 9-11, I was on orders to go to Italy. And in Italy, my youngest daughter, Mackenzie, was born. Uh, man, and that was that was when things started happening really fast. So I forgot when I was at Fort Hood, I had to go. I was deployed to Saudi Arabia for six months as a comsec officer for a Patriot missile battalion. And then in Italy, we had to go to Aviano to get the 173rd Airborne out to do the jump into northern Iraq. That was like just literally weeks after McKenzie was born, we had to do this. So my wife's at home with a brand new baby and I'm gone. Then in the summer of that same year, I was told on a Monday, pack your bags, you're leaving in a couple of days and you're going on a ship to go off the coast of Africa to this country called Liberia because there's this dictator there, Charles Taylor, and there's a civil war going on there and we gotta, we gotta stop it. So I go home and I tell, tell Brenda, hey, um, in two days I'm leaving to go to Africa and that's that. And she's like, how long are you going to be gone? I don't know. What are you going to be doing? I don't know. Where are you going to be? I don't know. So anyway, I spent almost three months on a ship, the USS Iwo Jima off the coast of Liberia. Came back. Then... Iraq and Afghanistan's kicking off. And then I get orders to go to Georgia, but not Fort Gordon, Fort Stewart this time to go to 3rd Infantry Division. And from there, we went to Iraq, came back. 
Then I did uh, training with industry and then went to Fort Bragg, working for U.S. Army Special Operations Command. From there, did a short stint in Afghanistan, came back. Um, a, a good friend of mine, uh, kind of good fortune, the very first person I met at Warren Officer School, the very first person I met, we were both in, the, in our room at the same time dropping off our bags. And uh, we met and we started talking. He's like, my name's Mike. I'm like, my name's Chuck. Hey, what's your MOS? And he's like, I'm going to be a 250 Bravo. I'm like, really? So am I. He's like, no way. Then we got to, hey, where are you going to be stationed at? And Mike said, I'm going to Fort Hood. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's where I wanted to go. He goes, really? And he goes, and then I asked him where, I mean, he asked me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Fort Drum. He's like, no way. I said, yeah. He goes, that's where I wanted so we made a pact right then and there to help each other get through warrant officer school so we could hopefully try to swap assignments. And that's what we did. So that was 1998. Fast forward to 2010 while I was at Fort Bragg. He is now my assignment manager for all the warrant officers in, in the signal warrant officers. So anybody who doesn't know what signal core is, just go to Google, type in signal core and it'll explain to you. So basically calm IT type people. And so that's how I got assigned back to San Antonio at Fort Sam Houston and retired, stayed here. So it's kind of like my life has kind of come full circle. And now I work for the Air Force on the very same base that you retired from over on Security Hill. So it's, it's, it's really odd how life can just out of nowhere, it, it can be so small, it can be so, I, I can't even describe, you know, the, the craziness and oddities that seem so surreal like that, you know? So that was, that was 2012. And so that's, I've been working for the Air Force for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years this June. And so back to you, after you retired, I believe it was uh, January, 1983. So for those of you who are doing your math in your head, that was 39 years ago, 39 years ago. So, so back to you, you retired from the air force and you were a security policeman or air policeman back in the sixties. And then you went a completely different route. You weren't, you went from being a cop to what? Fast food industry. Uh, and you did that for, you worked for Jack in the Box? Jack in the Box? Years. It was kind of ironic in that I worked while I was stationed at, uh, at Maxwell at, during that last three years I was in, I worked at the officer's club uh, as a night manager. And I met a, a couple there who uh, actually were retired and they both work for, for Jackie Box. That's how I got into Jackie Box. But 19 years with them and then decided to make a change. Uh, thought about getting out and getting into law enforcement. But the salary and the hours and those kind of things just wasn't what I felt comfortable with. So I ended up working with uh, Whataburger. One of the best moves I ever made, I think. I spent 19 years with them. Uh, had a lot of fun. Met a lot of nice people. Had some really... Uh, Nice awards, being selected as the um, general manager of the year. 
and as the as an area manager of the year at that time, and I think that still holds true today. The only person to be able to achieve both of those awards as a in the restaurant level and uh, and at the area manager level. So had a real good year, uh, a lot of fun. So yeah, after you left Jack in the Box, that's when you went to Waterburger, and and that was like that was like the best time when you were working there for because everybody got the coupons, the Waterburger Absolutely. swag, you know, and then just then before you retired, they came out with the the ketchup, the mustard, they came out with all that stuff that you could buy, the pancake mix, Everything. the it's, sausage. Uh, it's a great company. Uh, I had a lot of fun. You and Brenda and uh, Mackenzie came down to see me when I was down in uh, Victoria. That was kind of a neat. Or you and uh, I don't think I don't think McKenzie came with you. I think it's just you and Brenda came down. To, I think that was before. Okay. That was before we went to Italy. Had a chance. I think to, I think I was. To visit I think that was that trip. What kind of single life I was living down there in that little small apartment? But it was fun. I, I met some really nice people. Got to be close friends with Tom Dobson, the uh, one of the two brothers and sister who owned Whataburger. So great experience and. Then I decided to retire, and uh, that's when that's when we started having fun. That's when I really started having. Actually, it started. Well, yeah, when you started having really fun, but it it started back when we first moved here. So you know the fact that two years later I'm retired, and I'm like, and I'm just working, you know, my regular job, and I come home at a regular hour, you know, like, I don't have any hobbies. And then I remember back in high school, you know, when I had long hair, I used to go to rock concerts. Well, I still listen to rock music. I just don't have the long hair anymore. And and you love country music. And, you know, that love came back to me again. And so I'm like, you know what? What can I do with my dad? And I'm like, let's go start seeing, you know, these old country stars that, you know, I grew up listening to that you loved. And some of them were still touring. And I think that's where this whole thing started was just me taking you to these shows and then, you know, taking the selfies and posting them. And then I always kept saying, Hey, I thought it would be cute. You know, the two old farts and it just kind of just stuck. So for the last, what, 10 years, you know, you and I have been going to concerts and absolutely having a great time. I First time going to Flores was with you. I think we saw uh, Ray Price. I'm not sure if that was the first person that we saw, but just some. Uh, actually I think it was like two or three times. And uh, but those are the good. If no, if it was, if it wasn't Ray, sorry to mean it. If it wasn't Ray Price, it was probably Willie Nelson. Yep. That was the first person we saw there. I, I think don't, it, was, no, uh, it, it could have been. It's just fun, and then Brenda started joining us on some of them, and. Uh, then your sister went with us on a couple, and it's just all about family and just having fun, drinking some beer, and talking a little trash. I can't say the other word. And one of the strangest requests that you asked concert-wise, because growing up, you the only rock and roll you listened yeah. to was 50s rock and roll, Elvis and Fats Domino and all of that stuff, basically the stuff yeah. you hear on uh, Happy Days. But the only modern rock back in the 70s you listened to was Creedence Clearwater Revival. But no, you did. See, that, that's you. You, 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 stole, you stole my thunder. So that was the, that was, 
that was the request. He's like, hey, if ZZ Top ever comes, I want to see him. And I'm like, you don't listen to ZZ Top. But we went and uh, with Brenda and my friend Alan, and, and we just had a great time. Yeah, I think we that little old band from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, maybe, probably to me, one of the most fun times was when we went to go see Chevy Checker. You remember? <laughs> oh, my God. Do I remember? Oh, man. So I re here's, here's, ladies and gentlemen, here's what happened. Chubby Checker had come down from the stage and was walking through the aisles, and he happened to come through our aisle, you know, and having a great time, and, you know, he's high-fiving and all that stuff, and then he walks back up on the stage, and he's like, if you guys want to come up and do the, you know, the twist, you know, come on up. And I looked at you, and I'm like, you want to go? And you were like, let's go. And I was like, oh, my God, my dad's actually wanting. And next thing you know, we're up on the stage with a, a bunch of other <laughs> old farts to do the twist on stage with Chubby Checker. No no lie, people, that, that really that, I'm going to tell you, that was a great time, and uh, it was just a, just a lot of fun. And that just goes to show you when you have good friends and family, and you want to get out and do things, you can have a lot of fun and not spend a lot of money, uh, but it sure makes a lot of memories. And sometimes those memories are the things that get you through the tough days. And, and don't be afraid to, you know, just go out and wing it and not care what anybody says or thinks about what you're doing. Cause you know, we look like a bunch of stupid, crazy old white guys <laughs> up on the stage trying to do the twist, but you know what? We had, we had a good time good memories and makes a lot of people laugh when they think about it. We've done some things like that a couple of times. Uh, I think the last show I took you to was oh, uh, yeah, George Thurman and the Destroyers. I think I surprised you. Uh, you didn't think I would like him, but I'll tell you what, he sure put on a hell of a show. He's another it. That was the he that was the first person I've ever seen you maybe next to Chubby Checker get that excited, like visibly excited, like a little kid in a candy store. Like, I'm like, yep. dang, you really uh, like this music. And your mom gets mad at me because one of the things when we were first dating, you know, you're trying to show off and impress and stuff like that. You like rock and roll music? No, I'm in country. <laughs> and so we have that conversation time to time. But I will tell you. Those are good times, and music can bring out the best in everybody. It can. And that has brought you and I so much closer than I ever was because I was growing up, you were always busy working. You um, even Operation Baby Lift, TDYs, schools. And then when you retired and you were working at Jack in the Box, you were working a lot of nights. And I was at oh, that yeah. age, I was working you know, in the fast food industry and other places. So there was times we wouldn't see each other for a week. Sometimes you saw too much of it. I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. <laughs> I got a call. No, 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 mom no. got a call from a teacher that says you were failing. And, of course, your mom said, how can that be? Because coming out of Georgia, you were in the National Honor Society. Well, sometimes when you get out and you get on your own and goes back to be out of high school, you're not getting that supervision or the guidance that you need. And, uh, and that happens when parents are working sometimes and, and uh, trying to make a living rather than, than take care of family. 
But anyway, we made that trip out towards uh, towards the country. Remember, we stopped at that tree, and I said, see that tree over there? That's your tree. And I, I think I threw you a beer. Uh, yeah. And on, I thinking, on the right out there, yeah. And I, and I was I was afraid, I was afraid to open it because <laughs> I, I thought said, it was a trap. Drink it. And uh, you didn't know what to do. So we drank But you drink that beer. And I think I told you a few things that we had to make this trip out here again. That was going to be your tree. I was going to tie your butt up there and leave it. Guess what? You got it from your final exam. That's that teacher. I know you probably still don't care for him, but he was your best friend. That actually got your career started, I think, with the military because of uh, the things that you've accomplished in your life at, at that point. And uh, so those those are the kind of fun things I like to remember, especially when we're going on trips. Uh, like when we go see Willie and those guys, we have a couple of beers and we start reminiscing. And that's what makes life so much fun these days, especially for me uh, in these older days. So what he really said to me was, and it wasn't just a beer. He, before we went on the trip, he pulled into 7-Eleven or Sitco or whatever, stop and go, came out with a six pack of beer and set it between us to get you one. So anyway, while we're driving, way, 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 way out in the country, he didn't say a word, people, not one word. And so I'm trying to drink this beer. So I'm like, how am I supposed to do this? So I'm matching him drink for drink, you know, just so he doesn't see me like trying to guzzle it down or whatever. Anyway, we pull over the side of the road again, just for like a minute, no talking. And he said, son, you see that tree out there in the middle of that field? Yes, sir. Well, you keep doing what you're doing. We're going to walk out to that tree. And only one of us is going to walk back. And I guarantee you, it's going to be a long walk home. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. And that was it. That was all that was said. I, I Because of what had happened, I thought you were going to go crazy. I was going to get a whipping. I was going to get a restriction. But, you know, you did that Jedi mind trick. And it, it scared the crap out of me because I didn't know what was going to happen. Sometimes the solid words are the best, right? Just like your mom when she gives you that eye. And uh, and the time you uh, wrote a note to excuse yourself from class and left it on the table and she found it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Dad, you shouldn't be saying all this because my my children are going to hear this and my grandchildren. They're going to be like, oh, my God, my grandfather, my dad was such a guy. He's a pretty cool guy. We're going to pull some of that ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't do that's it. What, that's what makes life. And uh, you have all those memories and think about uh, all the things you do when you grow up. Like when uh, when your mom and I got married in Seal, uh, Yorker Joy was only like six years old. And uh, so he used to go play with some of the neighbors behind and stuff like that. So one day your mom sent me out to look for him and they were hiding. They didn't want, they thought he was going to be in trouble and stuff. So when I left, I said, well, you see him, send him home. So I left and I looked around to come back and here comes Joy up the road. Guess what he's got in his hand? Oh, a water moccasin. A snake. Said, Throw that damn thing away. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good time then. When uh, your mom and I got engaged, and uh, I took Joel with me to uh, 
get her engagement ring. So we're there at the, at the jewelry store and getting ready to leave. And Joy said, my mom would like this. I looked down and he's holding up a necklace. I said, I said, okay. <laughs> so I ended up buying her a necklace. And guess what? Your mom still got that necklace. Uh, I ended up buying a chain for her last year. The chain broke. So she's had that necklace like 57 years. Uh, good members of the Yoga Joy okay. and all your brothers and uncles and stuff. Uh, in fact, uh, today is your Grandma Clara's birthday. Yeah, her her heavenly birthday. Okay. She's been dead for a few years, but. Uh... Okay. So, yeah. The two old farts out and about going to concerts, maybe coming to a concert near you sometime. Like uh, in the previous episode, we're going to go see. Maybe we're going to go see. I'm going to go see um, Austin Me. I think I'm going to bring you along, but we've also got. Uh, Blackberry Smoke coming up and then Johnny Mathis later in the year and we'll see what else pops up and maybe I can take you to a rock show maybe take you to some uh, that, but we can go something. to some rock shows and there you go well just take your hearing aids out you see problem solved <laughs> you'll love seeing all the craziness and people jumping off the stage and mosh pit and all that crazy stuff Well, folks, thank you all 18, 19, 20 of you for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I hope you tune in again. Um, I think our next episode, we're going to um, try to bring in my uncle Leonard, my mom's yeah. second oldest brother. So, so my mom is the oldest. And then what did it go? Bobby, Bert, Birdie, Bobby, Leonard. Uh, Vicky, no, Amy, then uh, Vicky, Vicky, then Amy. Vicky, and Amy, and then Michael, Strength. and Joey. So it was like two girls, two boys, Strangest two girls, thing. Half two of them look like their mom, and half look like the dad. Uh, half of them are blonde, and the other half are dark-haired. Yep. That's so crazy. And those... For those of you who thought you heard my dad say, my brothers, I don't have any brothers. My mom has brothers. You had brothers, but I have no brothers. I have yeah, only I have no sister. biological brothers, but you have brothers. I, they consider you like a son and, uh, and a brother. And for those of you who are listening, my sister Tina was a brat. <laughs> she tore up and wrote all over my Bruce Lee poster. I'm still traumatized by that. From like 1974, when I saw the Bruce Lee movies in the theater, we'll never get over this, Tina. You owe me. And I know you did buy me a replacement poster, and I thank you for it. But you will never, ever leave that down. So thank you, people. On behalf of the two old farts, we are out and about. Hopefully, we will be at a restaurant, brewery, distillery, sports event, park concert near you so thank you all have a good day and uh have, fun. have a blessed Enjoy. day thank you goodbye bye-bye <laughs>